Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Central Wired podcast, and thanks for listening in. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week at centralwired.com or on Facebook and Instagram. We hope this week's message meets you right where you're at. Enjoy. What's up? Everybody, good to see everybody. Always good to be with you in the great city of Beloit with my Central Christian family. Yeah! You're awesome. Everybody, how many of you had a great Thanksgiving? You had a great Thanksgiving? Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, how many of you, you had too great of a Thanksgiving? Yeah, like some of y'all need to run up here with me and pray for forgiveness because the gluttony that was on display in your house was epic. Yeah. Maybe you was like me sitting on the couch watching the game afterwards just like, oh, Jesus, I know I shouldn't have ate the whole turkey leg, but Lord, you know the flesh is weak. Yeah. That was my prayer. That was my prayer. Yeah. Hey, listen, um, maybe you're here for the first time um, or the first time in a long time and you were invited by a friend or a family member because you're in town visiting for Thanksgiving or maybe you've just been meaning to get up here for the last several months and you're finally here. If that's you, we don't usually do this. Would you raise your hand? We just want to love on you if you're here. We got some, we got some people. Yeah, we got some, we got some folks. My man is here. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we love you. Good to see you, Doc. Everybody, um, uh, if you've never been here before, uh, I want to introduce you to our pastor who's not here. He's taking a little bit of a break, but I affectionately call him the greatest pastor on the planet, Pastor Dave Clark. Come on, Central. Yeah, he's awesome. Everybody, if you've never seen our pastor before, the next time you come, you want to greet him. I just wanted to show you a picture of our pastor. Now, this is our pastor. Yeah, yeah. And our pastor really looks like this, right, Central? He, yeah, he, he looks just like this. Yeah. He literally flies around the congregation, loving on everybody, greeting everybody. That's, that's who he is. He's awesome. Um, but everybody, uh, honestly, um, beside my family who I'm very, very thankful for and grateful for. What I'm most thankful for this Thanksgiving Central Christian is you. Yeah, I think you are are amazing. And the fact that you have welcomed me and my family in to be a part of what's going on here uh, in the Beloit and State Line area, I can't thank you enough. I love you and I really appreciate you. You guys are absolutely awesome. I mean that. Yeah. And the reason why I say you're awesome is because you guys get it. You guys love people. You serve people. You bless people, right? And, 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 and as, as Dave has been talking about um, our coat drive, you guys have been bringing your coats in. They're not even due till next week, but you guys are bringing in your coats. I got my coat here with my hat and my gloves for kids who need uh, coats. And, you know, we talked about the Haiti situation and the, and the stuff that's going on in Haiti. And, and we got an orphanage there and, and gangsters are there trying to take it over. And, and we need to send money down there to, to provide that support. And you guys have been doing that. And I got my money right here that's going down to Haiti. And you guys have been giving. We're going to be able to give them the support that they need. And then Dave talked about the hungry kids in our community that need food when they're not at school. They don't eat when they're at school. They only eat two meals a day. And so he asked you to buy Walmart gift cards and you guys did that. And I got my Walmart gift card right here. And we're just diving in together, serving and blessing people in our community. And that's what uh, makes this church great. And then also uh, our food pantry. We serve so many people who are hungry, who don't get to eat a good Thanksgiving like we do. 
do. And so you see the bags of groceries that are up here. Marissa bought two bags of groceries. And so, of course, Dave bought three bags of groceries uh, the following day. And so since it's a competition, you feel me? I didn't bring my, buy my groceries this week, but I'm buying four bags of groceries next week, you know, because if we're going to compete, let's compete on seeing how many more people we can bless versus blessing ourselves. Somebody ought to say amen, right? We can do that. I, I'm all for that. Right? And so, listen, if you are a part of Central Christian and you ain't been here in a while, where you been at? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, the Chi-Town vernacular sometimes come out. Here's what I meant to say. What I meant to say, everybody, is, oh, my goodness gracious, where have you been? We've missed you, right? No, because, everybody, we've been talking about some really important things here over the last several months. Because, church, ultimately, we want to see you win. We want to see you win in every area of your life, right? And, and, and this series we've been talking about, we've been talking about identity. Somebody say identity. Yeah, this idea of identity uh, is so crucial because Dave taught us several weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, he said most people don't know who they are. And so what happens is a lot of people, they, they walk around with the painted on face. You know, the painted on face, right? right? They, they paint the face on, it, it kind of looked like this. You know, it's kind of like a smile. They think they're smiling, but they, they really kind of look constipated, you know, kind of walking around, <laughs> walking around like this, you know. And they think if they put on a painted on face, people won't bother them, be like, well, I hope nobody say nothing to me today. I'm smiling, sort of. But they don't understand that they look like they sick, so it made people run up to you. Are you okay? Are you all right? How you doing? You know, and so what do they say? They say, oh, I'm good. House is good. Kids are good. Everything's good, and we know they ain't good, right? And, and a lot of people, you know, they put the painted on face, but then when you go deeper, you find out what's really going on. My wife and I were up in the Chicagoland area yesterday. We was counseling this guy, and, and he had the painted on face, right? But then as we went deeper, he started to reveal stuff to us that, you know, I'm really not good. I'm actually depressed. I'm, I'm actually disappointed. I'm actually empty. Real words from him, right? And so many people, they walk around just like that. They walk around with this guilt. They walk around with this shame. They walk around with this hurt, right? Dave taught us last week that uh, we feel guilt for what we do. We feel shame for what we believe we are. A person feels guilt because he did something wrong. A person feels shame because he believes he is something wrong. Yeah, that great Christian counselor Smeeds shared that. Right? And here's the deal. The reason why so many of us, we struggle is because we buy the lie of what we identify ourselves with and we cling to these false I am statements. You know, we, we, we cling to I am what I do. I am who I'm with. I am what I drive. I am where I live. And the problem with that, everybody, is when we cling to those things that, that give us a sense of who our, our, what our identity is, when we don't have the car, when we don't have the money, when we don't have the job, when we don't have the person, what happens is we cease to be significant or have value. Is this making sense? And so what we got to do is we got to reject 
those false I am statements that Dave taught us last week. And we got to say, hey, whether I got the house or not, whether I got the car or not, whether I got the house or not, whether I got the money or not, whether I got the job or not, doggone it, at the end of the day, I am who God says I am. That's who I am. That's who I am. And so, everybody, my job today is to talk to you guys at the last part of this series. I want to talk to you today about the born-again identity. The born-again identity. Well, my movie people at? All my people that, that love movies. My people that love movies. Yeah, all right. Uh, how many of you are into the Jason Bourne movies? Have you seen the Jason Bourne movies? If you haven't seen these Jason Bourne movies, that's your homework assignment uh, after church. Go put us up on Netflix, Apple Plus. What did you have to do? Check out these movies. They're great movies. Well, if you haven't seen the Bourne movies, everybody, uh, Jason Bourne, uh, played by Matt Damon in this, uh, he's a, a CIA assassin, and he opens the movie in the Bourne identity. He's left for dead at sea, floating in the water, right? And these fishermen, they, they fish him out, and when he wakes up, he doesn't have any memory of who he actually is. And so throughout the movie, particularly in the first part, he's running around trying to do all these things to discover his true identity before his old CIA people take him out because now he's expendable. And so while he's running around trying to figure out who he is, he begins to discover these crazy, crazy gifts that he has. He has the ability to speak in like several different languages. And, And he discovers that he's an elite fighter. He discovers that he's a weapons expert, the whole nine. But the problem is he's really not sure what to do or how to utilize what he is because he really doesn't know who he is, right? That's what Dave taught us last week. He said most people don't know who they are. And everybody, most of you guys know I played football in the NFL for six seasons, and and, and what I uh, identify is, you know, what made uh, football players, uh, uh, aside for the God-given talent, and the ability uh, and the practice uh, on the field and the preparation off the field. But, but do you know what made professional football players uh, that dominated on the field versus the guys that were just kind of another guy uh, that you never heard of? You know, you know the difference between those two groups? Can I tell you what it is? Confidence. Somebody say confidence. Yeah, yeah. Confidence and, and, and dare I say cockiness. Yeah, because y'all know some of them dudes. When they know they're good, them brothers walk a little different. Uh-huh. They talk a little different. And here's the deal. Those guys, because they understood that confidence was a major factor in performance and production, what guys would do is they would trash talk other guys. Now, I'm not saying I did it. I'm not saying I didn't do it, but I'm not saying I did it. Yeah. But guys would trash talk other guys with the explicit purpose to try to get in their heads, snatch their confidence from them, and get them to play and perform poorly so they can easily be defeated. And when you trash talk at the pro level, man, there were no rules. Everybody was up. You could talk about a dude's wife, they woman, they kids, talk about a dude's mama. Man, it's crazy. I line up against one dude. He's like, hey, bro, you know your mama don't wear no socks. I saw when she took them off. She threw them in the bed, killed the roaches that were already dead. You know, that kind of stuff, just crazy, right? And then, everybody, uh, when I grew up, even the cheerleaders would trash talk you. They were like, hey, 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 you ugly. Hey, hey, your mama said you ugly. You ugly. Do y'all do that up here in Beloit? Trash talk. 
Plus they trash talk. Yeah, yeah. But here's the deal, everybody. Can I say something today? Church, you know, you do have an opponent. That's a trash talker. His name is Satan. Yeah. And what he wants is he wants to pull your play and your performance down to zero or nothing. He wants you walking around with zero to no confidence in who you are. Because guess what? The enemy knows you got gifts. He knows you got talent. He knows you got skills and ability. And he knows where it comes from. But he don't want you to ever find out where it comes from. And so when you have a situation or circumstance that don't go your way, don't go the way you wanted to go, he wants you walking around like this with your head bowed, hope gone. And when he gets you right here, see, that's when the trash talk starts. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Trash talk like this. Oh, she left you? Yep, yep, told you you weren't good enough. Oh, 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 he, uh, he, 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 he doing fine without you. You got somebody else? Yeah, yeah, told you, told you, told you you were a loser. Uh, but look at you. Man, you ain't been the same since they've been gone. They off doing them, and you walking around depressed with your face dragging on the ground. Yeah, I told you they defined you. Oh, see, yeah, yep, yeah, you, you, you lost that job. They replaced you with somebody else. Yeah, told you you wasn't smart enough. Told you, told you you didn't have what it takes. Is this making sense? Does this sound familiar to anybody? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He wants you walking around with little to no self-esteem, no confidence, always doubting, always fearful, never recognizing or realizing just how special, significant, important, and influential God says you are. Yeah, yeah. And so I want to show you what it looks like, particularly even in the church. I need a young lady. Young lady, would you help me? Come on up here. Yeah. Yeah, clap, clap for her. This is awesome. This illustration works better with a, with, a, with, a, with a young lady. All right. What's your name for everybody? Kelsey, uh, I'm going to blindfold you. All right. Uh, can I take your glasses off? Can you take glasses off? Beautiful, beautiful. Okay. Can you see? Yeah. Okay, beautiful. Just, just, just joking. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. I'm blindfold you. All right. I'm so glad Kelsey trusts me to blindfold her in front of like a bunch of people watching online. Hey, online people. We love you. All right. Now, Kelsey is here, and, and uh, all right, can you see Kelsey? You sure you can't see? No. Beautiful, beautiful, okay, she can't see. Okay, beautiful, all right, all right, all right. So, everybody, this is a lot of times us, right? All right, this is how we live. She's alive, she's breathing, but watch this. Her level of functionality isn't to the place to where it needs to be because right now she's blindfolded, right? And here's what the enemy likes to do. He likes to play on that, and he likes to get us all turned around, twisted, not knowing where we're going, what we're doing, or how we're going to get there. All right, Kelsey, I got you. Okay, now just take a few steps forward. And I'm like, oh, you're going to fall off the stage. Don't go that way. Okay, just step this way. Okay, start walking this way. Oh, wait, wait, you're going to walk into the table. Oh, my God. Okay, come on. Walk this way. Walk this way. Just take a step forward. Oh, wait, wait, you're going to strip over the... Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so great. Okay, she did that so wonderful. Give her a hand for helping us out. There you go. want to make sure... You don't trip because you didn't sign the waiver. Okay, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, did you see Kelsey? Like every time she went to take a step, you know, oh, those kind of, oh, my God, right? And so many times, even the Christians, right, even us in the church, right, we, 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 that's, that's the picture. Saved, redeemed, forgiven Christians, sometimes we walk around unsure. We walk around uncertain not confident enough to move forward in areas that we don't quite understand or that are difficult or that are uncomfortable, right? Because watch this. Hear this, everybody. Even though as Christians, 
Jesus has a home and has taken up residence in our heart, many of us, if we be honest, still occasionally allow the enemy to rent a room in our minds. Oh, I know I'm talking about it. Yeah. And here's the deal, everybody. Uh, What happens, everybody, is what we think and how we think will dictate, y'all, how we live. And so if we're thinking wrong, we're going to be living wrong. But if we're thinking properly, then that puts us in position to function properly, right? Because the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7, that as a person thinks in his heart, so is he. Watch this. So we'll function properly if we're thinking properly. But here's the deal. We better have the mind of Christ to help us think properly, right? Because uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says, uh, who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ, right? And once we have the mind of Christ, now we can start thinking differently. We can start operating differently because we understand our true identity. Say identity. All right, that word identity for my note takers, everybody, is literally the quality or the condition of being the same as someone else or something else, right? The quality or the condition of being the same as something else. So when you talk about identity, many times the way we display, just, uh, describe it is who is it or what is it that you identify with, right? That's why, that, that's why I said it is the quality or the condition of being the same as something else. And everybody today, the goal of this message is to get us and equip us to leave here, everybody, with great confidence that we understand who we are and to embrace our born-again identity so that we can recognize who it is that we're the same as, as well as, everybody, understanding our evolution from, number one, being a prisoner, number two, being a prize possession, and then number three, being a prince or a princess. That's what our born-again identity helps us to do. It helps us to evolve from being a prisoner to being a prized possession to being uh, a prince or a princess. Y'all ready to dive in? Romans chapter 8, check it out. It says, for you have not received the spirit of bondage, King James Version says, or slavery, New American Standard says, leading again, uh, excuse me, leading to fear again. Somebody say, you have not. Say not. Receive the spirit of bondage or slavery leading to fear again. Say again. Now, leave this up for a minute, Shannon. I want to explain this. You guys guys do understand why the Bible says you have not received this spirit that you had again. You understand why it says that? Because you guys do recognize, everybody, that when we were born initially, we received the spirit. Did y'all know that? We received the spirit when we were born. Because of original sin back in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, we were born with the spirit of bondage. We were born in prison because we were born in sin. That was the spirit that we received initially when we showed up, right? And Jesus tries to make this clear in John chapter 3 when this dude shows up to him who had it all together. I mean, he knew the Bible backward and forward. He was a part of the the greatest, uh, the highest elite of the elite sect. He was a Pharisee. Right? He, he looked the part. He acted the part. He walked the part. He talked the part. But he, there was still something missing. And so he shows up to Jesus in John chapter 3. Here he is. It is a dude named Nicodemus, a man who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and he says, Rabbi, 
we know that you're a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you're doing if God were not with him. And I love what Jesus does is he just tears up uh, the compliments and he starts off and he says, uh, bruh. You see it? See what it said, bruh? Yeah, right there. Yeah. He says, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are what? Born again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the deal. Nicodemus thought... Well, as long as I'm in church every week, I got perfect attendance. I'm there every week. As long as I know the Bible backwards and forwards, as long as I'm doing good stuff in the community, I'm good. Hey, after all, I'm a good person. I got to go to heaven. And Jesus is like, yeah, all that look good, but uh, unless you are what? Born again, you don't get to see the kingdom of God. Guess what, bruh? All that good stuff you're doing, bottom line, you're still a slave. You're still in prison because of your sin. Is this making sense, church? Are you getting it now? Somebody say slave. Yeah, yeah, now slavery, I need you to understand. Um, I want to talk about this just for a few minutes because slavery, and I think you guys understand this, was an evil, vile, despicable practice, right? And the reason why it was so evil and despicable, because the object of slavery, everybody, was to strip everything that was real and right and true about a slave and replace it with a lie. And it didn't matter if the slave, before they had become a slave, had position or platform in their home country. It didn't matter if that slave was born into royalty. What happened when you became a slave, all of that, your your old identity was stripped away from you, and your new identity now, uh, the slave owners, what they did was they renamed you. Somebody say they renamed them. Yeah, they renamed them, and many times they used derogatory names to identify the people with. So eventually the slaves start responding to stuff like dirt or, or filthy or less than or grotesque to the point that over time they had no sense of who their true identities were. And then not only did the slave masters rename them, but they also reprogrammed them. Somebody say they reprogrammed them. Yeah, they reprogrammed them into believing the lie that they were stupid or dumb or illegitimate. And then, not only that, but they taught the slaves that their entire purpose in life, y'all, their entire purpose, they were born to be slaves. And any other mentality other than being a slave, if they even thought anything differently, was literally uh, unlawful and unchristian, or worse. It was just a despicable, unruly, just terrible brainwash by these slave owners. Not only did these guys... uh, reprogram them, not only did they rename them, but they also restricted them, say restricted. They restricted them from any opportunity, everybody, to grow, to learn, to read, or receive any level of education or any revelation of their true worth or their true value. And everybody, I I spent those few minutes to break down slavery because there may be some people in the room today who you can relate to what I just talked about. Yeah, maybe you haven't been a slave physically, But you can understand this slave mentality because, you know, when you first got together with him, you know, he used to call you beautiful. He used to call you my baby. He used to call you uh, that person that I can't live without. Or when you first got together, she used to call you her hero. She used to call you strong. She used to call you the one that I need beside me at all times. But then something happened three years, five years, 10 years down the road. You you got renamed, and now they started calling you slob. Yeah. Fatso. 
weakling, nag, no good, good for nothing. I'm talking real today. Yeah. And then what happens is not only did your name change, but now you got reprogrammed. And now, ladies, you found yourself in a situation that you would have never signed up for 10 years ago, but now you find yourself in a situation where, man, he loved me so much when we first started. It's, it's got to be me. I mean, it's got to be something that I'm doing wrong because uh, if I would just do what he tells me to do and I would be obedient, maybe he would keep his hands off of me. Y'all not going to say nothing, but I know I'm talking real. Maybe some guys in here. You got reprogrammed into saying, well, you know, man, our, our, our relationship was magical at the beginning. And I know I don't make as much money as Gus and Bob on a job and in the neighborhood. But maybe if I just worked a little bit harder, maybe if I got another job or two, maybe if I provided a little bit better for my family, maybe my wife would respect me the way she used to. Yeah, I'm not going to say nothing. It's okay. We understand what it means to be renamed. We understand what it means to be reprogrammed. And then maybe you understand it means to be restricted. You know somebody that wants to control you, to keep you uh, close, so they keep you with you, they control you with, they control what you see, they control what you're listening to, they control who's pouring into you, to keep where you've always been, so they keep you under their thumb. But everybody, can I tell you something? Something happens when you get a true knowledge and revelation of your true worth. Something happens when you get a true education of your real value. It changes everything. The light bulb comes on. Your perspective changes. And when your perspective changes, your circumstances can change. Why? Because you've gotten a hold to the real truth. Guess what? The truth is liberating. The truth is invigorating. Bottom line, the truth is a person. Somebody say a person. He told him, I am the way. I am the and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And John chapter 8, verse 32 says, They know me because you'll know the and the will set you free. Now, if you're a slave, verse 34 says, you're going to be a slave. Uh, whoever who, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. But verse 36 says, if the Son sets you free, you will truly be free indeed. And I just ran by to tell somebody today, hey, you don't need a man. You don't need a woman. You don't need the right house, the right car, the right money, the right crew, or the right boo to define who you are or why you're here. All you need is the truth to walk beside you. All you need is the truth to talk with you. All you need is truth to tell who you are and to tell you why you're here. The bottom line, once you got the truth, baby, truth will set you free. Yeah. The truth is what sets you free. And once you're born again, you get the truth. And the truth says, everybody, you are no longer a prisoner. The truth says, everybody, uh, you are his prized possession. Say prized possession. Says we ain't got that spirit of bondage of slavery. What we have now is we instead, we received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Somebody say adoption. The Bible says he's adopted us. Now, everybody... Uh, this is another thing that I appreciate about this church. This church, uh, we operate in this space. We've got a lot of people in this congregation that have adopted children. And we believe in that around here. But the institution of adoption actually suggests something, doesn't it? It actually suggests that there was some level of dysfunction in the prior home, right, that caused that child to be removed from the prior home to put in a more functional home. That makes sense? And so maybe in the prior home, the dysfunction uh, was some level of abuse, maybe sexual abuse 
or drug abuse or verbal abuse or physical abuse, right? Right? Something like that. Uh, or maybe a traumatic incident that happened where a parent died or, or was killed uh, prematurely, and now that child needed to be removed from a dysfunctional space into a functional space. But can I tell you something, everybody? Um, just because you are removed from the dysfunctional into functional, baggage in the drum from a dysfunctional space, it don't stay in a dysfunctional space just because you get moved to the functional space. When you get moved to this space, guess baggage? Come somebody. Comes shit into the functional space, right? We're asking them to adopt. Y'all, that sounds like some life suit, don't it? Some of y'all didn't say something because she's sitting. It's okay, I understand, I understand. Yeah, yeah. Let, let me say it like this. Let me say it like this. Uh, uh, service will need all of my teenagers to put your phones down and take your earbuds out your ear and listen up at me. Where my teenagers at? You're 13, 18, and you're not my kid. Raise your hand. 13 to 18. 13 to 18 years old. All right, that's what I need. All right, if you are a 13 to 18 year old, you want to help me try to sermon up here real quick. I got to get for you. Come on here, real quick. You got to run. It's a race. It's a race. Yes, yes. All right, she won. She won. She won, she won, she won, I'm sorry, she won, she won, I'm sorry, y'all, I love y'all coming, but she won, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, okay, so she won, what's your name? Let's get you in time, I got you this name, she won, she beat, she beat you, I love you, I love you, Lexus, next time, I got you, I got you, I love, I love, I love, love. Michael trained y'all well, that's great, that's great, that's great, okay, uh, introduce yourself to the people. I'm Kimberly. All right, Kimberly, now Kimberly is awesome, now Kimberly, for running up here very quickly, all right, now Kimberly, what I got, now I got $20 for you. Yeah, I know all teens right now. Why did I run for why? I know, I know. That's what I can't uh, Where is $20? Want it? I want it. I want to give it to God. That's so awesome. Would you like to take it and then give it to God? Can you do it for me? Kim, you so safe. Okay, yeah, let me, let me hug Kimberly. I'll hug her. All right, all right. Oh, you go ahead and have a seat. I'm going to give this to God, but I'm going to call uh, my other girl that came up because this is a program. I need to do it this way. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. All right, Alexa, right? Yes. All right, is it Alexis? Alexa. Alexis. All right, Alexa, Alexa, you. 16. Awesome, 16. All right, Alexa, we like this. Yes. Okay, whoa, whoa. Give <laughs> me the money. Doggone it. All right. All right, Alexa, I'm going to give you this $20, but just, just a second. <laughs> yeah. All right, now here's this $20. Now, it's been spat on. You still want it? Yes? yes? Still want it? Okay, just a second. Oh, God. Hold on, Alexa. Okay, here's that twenty dollars, Lex. It's been spat on. It's been stepped on. Baby, you still want this? Okay, okay, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me get that up in there. Yeah. Ah, yeah. All right. Come on, come on, baby. Now, Alexis, dollars now. now. This thing been spat on. It's been stepped on. Alexis, hold on. Ooh, it's ink. Uh, uh, it's got a stain right there. Uh, look at that. Like, Alexis, you want this? Hold on, hold on. Now, what's this? Water. Alexis, what's this? Say dirt. Dirt, dirt, dirt. And when you mix water with dirt, y'all, what you get? Mud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Show. Yeah, let's do some things. Okay, now, Alexis. Lex, here, here, here's that. 20 bucks. Now, this thing been spat on. It's been stepped on. What did I ever do to you? 
it still stank. The stain is just kind of smeared all over it now. It's just not in one place. And now it's covered with all this dirt and mess and filth. Unless you still want this, say yes. Okay. Uh, now, I don't understand. Look at this dirty, stanky, messy, spat on, filthy piece of water it is. Why do you still? Because I do a better care than you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Is it still worth something? Oh, okay. Don't miss this part. Thank you, Bishop. Y'all give Alexis a hand for helping us out with that. Thank you, baby. Now, some of y'all, you saw that and you said to yourself, wow, I can relate because that $20 remind me of my life. I, I, I know what it's like to be spat on. I, I know what it's like to be stoned by life. I know what it's like to feel like life is crapped all over me. I know what it's like to have all this dirt and filth and mess all in my life. But can I say to somebody in here who's been through that, you got a God in heaven that looks past all of that and says to you, baby, well, even though you've been through all of this junk and mess and filth, you need to know your life still has value. Here's the best part about it. This is my favorite part. Guess what? Jesus doesn't wait for you to clean yourself up. He doesn't wait for you to fix your addiction. He doesn't wait for you to get your self-esteem issues in order. What he says is, I see your mess. I see your junk. I see your filth. And guess what? I should be a part of family. I want to bring you into my... Matter of fact, grab your baggage. Grab your mess. Grab your filth and bring it to me. I clean you up. I wash you up. I dress you up. I take care of you. But you are mine and I am yours. You are my prized possession. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, guess this. Watch this. When we're born again, we move from being a prisoner to being his prized possession. Guess what? You ain't got to call him Mr. God. No, you get to call him Abba, Daddy God. You're his prized possession. Here's my last point. We move when we're born again from being a prisoner to his prized possession. Watch this. To being a prince and a princess. In other words, if you're a prince or a princess, that means you're royalty, right? I need somebody to say, I'm royalty. royalty. Now, some of y'all didn't say nothing. You didn't believe that. Let me show you a verse. Look at verse 16. It says, it says, he says, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs. Of God's glory. Now, any, everybody, would you agree that God is majestic in majesty? Amen. Would you agree that God is, is, is royalty? Yes. Now, the Bible just said, we just read it, uh, that we are his children. Not just his children, but we're his heirs. heirs. And so, if he's royalty and we're his babies, what does that say about us? Come on, I need you to throw your head back and say, I'm royalty. Yeah, 
I need you to walk and believe that. Now, now, I'm almost finished. Let's pretend for a moment. Let's pretend for a moment that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a king. Pretend for a moment. And you guys are my subjects. You're in my kingdom. You're in my kingdom. And let's say uh, I got a subject way in the balcony in my vast kingdom who you got an issue. You got an issue. Uh, your neighbor's dog keeps crapping on your lawn and they won't clean it up. That's your issue, right? That's your issue. That might be real. I don't know. Yes. Yes. And, and, and maybe... You say, this is an issue. Uh, would you expect in our world, in our world, uh, the king to come knocking on your door to deal with your issue? In our world. That don't happen, right? You got an issue. You got a problem. You bringing your problem to the king, right? But can I say to somebody today, um, let the queen have an issue. Yeah, yeah. Let the prince have an issue. Let the princess have a problem. That king will move heaven and earth. That king will use every amount of resource, every amount of, of, of whatever he had to make sure that that thing gets situated and solved and that his queen, his prince, his princess are rejoined to him back into his royal court. And listen, I say that to say to somebody today, look, you got a, you got a God in heaven who is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Yeah, you got a God in heaven, everybody, uh, that is second to none, is subject or obligated to nothing, and no one does what he wants, when he wants to, because he's God, and God all by himself. But watch this, when he saw you were in trouble, (laughs) when he saw that you had been taken and captured and held by ransom by the evil one, he didn't sit back, he jumped off his throne, and he stepped out of immortality and wrapped himself in mortality purposely left the worship and adoration of the angels and the heavenly beings just to be disrespected, despised, and rejected by man. Why? Because King Jesus, everybody, knew exactly who you were. Yeah. Why did he do it? Because he told me to tell somebody today, baby, you are highly valued. You are greatly treasured. You are unique, special, and significant. You are loved beyond measure. And I need to say this to somebody, and I don't know who you are. Listen, you are not damaged goods. You are not damaged goods. You are not damaged goods. You, watch this, you are not somebody's leftovers. You are not somebody's afterthought. You are a work in progress. The Bible says you are his workmanship. Baby, you might not be perfect, but doggone it, you've been purchased, set apart to do great things. Bottom line, that's who you are. That's who you are. And everybody, we got to know the truth. We got to know the truth. I said, uh, John chapter 8, verse 32, we got to know the truth. It may not feel like it. It may not seem like it. It may not look like it. But bottom line, everybody, if Jesus is your Savior and you've been born again, guess what? Uh, You're no longer a prisoner of sin. You've been saved and set free. You're no longer chained to your past. You're not the old wretch you used to be. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, but if any man or woman be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You are born again. And once you're born again, everybody, guess what? Your identity is reborn. 
Your, 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 your identity is renewed. Your, your identity is redeemed. That's who you are. But here's my question, everybody. Are you walking today like you're free? Are you talking today like you are God's prized possession? Are you living your life today like you're a prince or a princess or royalty? Because this is my last point, and we're going to brunch. My last point, everybody, listen. Jesus can set you free, but he cannot keep you free if you don't want to be free. And the worst thing in the world you could do is leave here. Hear this teaching, hear this preaching, and go right back to the situation you're in and lock yourself right back in your cell in the prison, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. You need a verse, don't you? Galatians chapter 5 says it like this. It says, for it is freedom, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. I told you earlier, Christians got Jesus living in their heart. But a lot of us, if we be honest, we still giving the enemy some rent room in our head. And it's about time somebody stepped up and evicted that joker and said, hey, no vacancy, bruh. No longer am I going to allow you to dictate my thoughts, my actions, my emotions. Doggone it, I know who I am. I'm blood-bought. I'm a child of the Most High God. I am not what I used to be. I may not be what I ought to be, but thank God I'm not what I used to be. I am who God says I am. That's who I am. And we got to stand firm on the truth. Because if we don't, the enemy will trash talk us right off the field. And right out of where we should be walking and talking and living. Thanks so much for joining us. Just a reminder to stay connected with us throughout the week at centralwire.com or on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for being with us and have a great week.